You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us tonight. We begin with breaking news in Abbotsford, where a brazen afternoon shooting claimed the life of an 18-year-old. He was shot as he was driving a car that ended up smashing through a hedge. Our Ramina Dea joins us live now from the Fraser Valley with the details. And Ramina, just moments ago, we learned the worst. Yeah, we did. It came down less than five minutes ago, actually. We're now learning from Abbotsford Police that the 18-year-old victim has died. Now, this drive-by shooting happened just after 3 p.m. today near a very busy strip mall in Abbotsford. It is remarkable that no one from the public was injured. It happened in the 32,000 block of George Ferguson Way. Investigators obviously still on scene. It's very early in the investigation. The victim's vehicle, you can see there in the background, actually jumped a curb. But we're hearing that he almost hit an innocent woman before he plowed through the bushes and crashed into an apartment building. Now, the victim was rushed to hospital, but he died before he got there. Again, he's 18 years old. Police saying that the hit appears to be targeted. I saw the same white car. The car is over there. I was close to the thumper patch. He hit the curve, then he lose off, uh, off control. Then he came to the bus stop. He hit the curve again. Next thing I seen him end up over there. Did you see them take him out in the ambulance? Yeah. He's still alive, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him getting off the car. Then he went collapse. Then he collapsed. And finally the ambulance took him. Extremely dangerous situation in this community right now because the shooter is still out there. Abbotsford police have put every officer that they can into this investigation at this point. They're asking anybody with information to come forward. This, though, is now an I-hit investigation because that 18-year-old victim is dead. Back to you. All right, Ramina Dea in Abbotsford. Thanks, Ramina. It's hurry up and wait this long weekend for hundreds of people at BC Ferry Terminals trying to head to and from Vancouver Island. This is a live shot of the Tawasson Ferry Terminal right now. A similar scene at the Horseshoe Bay Terminal. BC Ferry is adding a few more sailings to try to deal with the weights. Well, many people are looking for relief from the smoke that has enveloped Metro Vancouver. Our Aaron MacArthur joins us from Tawasson with the latest. Obviously, very smoky still there. Not sure if people are going to be able to find that escape, Aaron. Yeah, it depends on where you want to go, Sophie, uh, talking about weights this afternoon. Uh, from Tawasson to Swartz Bay at the moment, running at a three-sailing delay. The six is just running a bit behind schedule. It's full. The seven is full. The eight is full. Still room tonight on the nine and ten, but that is filling up quickly because lots of cars coming down the causeway. The situation is a little bit better at Horseshoe Bay. There's a one-sailing wait from Horseshoe Bay to Departure Bay and from Horseshoe Bay to Langdale. And as you said, extra sailings all weekend. This is pretty typical, though, for the August long weekend. Fairly steady volumes, kind of what BC Ferries was expecting. But the difference, as you mentioned off the top, the smoke and a lot of people from the interior just trying to get away from it all. I'm getting out of the smoke. Uh, I live up in Whistler, so it's even higher, and it's just been pretty bad all week. So, yeah, it's just hard to breathe. Need to get some, some ocean breeze in yep. my lungs. Get out of Kamloops, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's nice and clear here compared to there. I bet it is. I noticed <laughs> you got the camper on the back. Is Did you plan this, or is it just got to get out? No, we planned it. Yeah. It's a family camping trip. 
Now, the other escape route for British Columbians, of course, is south into Washington State. There were some border waits this afternoon to speak of. I just checked on the website. No waits to speak of right now. So if you're thinking about heading down to Washington, now is probably the best time. And one more driving note, if you're heading east into Alberta, the wildfire situation in Kootenai National Park has forced the closure of Highway 93 from Radium to the Alberta border. So you're going to have to go around through Golden and Field if you're trying to get into Banff. Sophie, Chris? All right, thanks for that, Aaron. Well, there is some more breaking news on the wildfire front. It's a persistent threat. Another one has broken out near Peachland. And it's quickly spread to become an interface fire threatening nearby buildings. The fire is burning near the Monroe Lake Forest Service Road and McDougald Road. That's about five and a half kilometers southwest of Peachland. It broke out about 3.30 this afternoon and it spread quickly through grass and into the trees. Members of the Peachland Fire Department are fighting the flames and the B.C. Wildfire Service has sent ground crews, a couple of helicopters and air tankers to the scene as well. Meantime, the province has extended the state of emergency for another two weeks. The Elephant Hill wildfire remains the biggest threat in B.C. right now, with the focus there on protecting people and property in the Clinton area. Our Nadia Stewart joins us now from near 70 Mile House with the latest on that massive fire and the effort to get it under control. Somewhat today by the smoke. The plan was to do a controlled burn, but smoke was creating a challenge with the visibility throughout the morning and the afternoon. Now, a chopper was able to drop some fire retardant, setting up a guard towards the north side of the fire, where there has been some growth over the past 24 hours. Today's controlled burn was supposed to have been part of an effort to better protect the West Fraser Mill in Chasm. That structure is not threatened at the moment, but I'm told crews know how important that site is to the town and they want to keep it safe. Well, it's certainly a priority for us, as all the infrastructure is, but so, of course, are the homes in the area, and there are homes in that general vicinity as well. So, as we all know, our main objective on every fire is human safety, and then after that, it's the protection of homes and infrastructure in an area. This was our first look on the ground in Clinton since the evacuation last weekend. I'm told no homes have been lost, but speaking with uh, Heather Rice, she mentioned that there is a liaison on the ground who has been working with ranchers to shepherd the cattle to safety that so many here are worried about. I'm told that much of the cattle has been saved as a result. Back to you. All right. Thanks, Nadia. Well, the fire risk in many parts of the province is so high right now that off-road vehicles are banned on crown land in those regions. As of noon today, any off-road vehicles used for recreational purposes are prohibited in the Caribou, Kamloops and Southeast fire centers. In addition, all vehicles must stay on defined roads. The ban does not apply to private lands or national parks. Emergency responders and agriculture, commercial or industrial users are also exempt. You'll find more information on our website, globalnews.ca slash bc. Meantime, more reinforcements in the firefight have now arrived in B.C. 108 wildfire personnel from Mexico arrived in Kamloops today to be deployed in the interior. This is the first time personnel from Mexico's National Wildfire Service have been called in to help fight fires in B.C. They've been deployed in Alberta many times before, including Fort McMurray last year. We deploy 42 people to Alberta to help the fires on Fort McMurray. Uh, this is the second year that Mexican people come here uh, to, to help fires uh, on, on this time here in British Columbia. 
Police in the Fraser Valley are putting out a rare public warning about a man with several online dating profiles who's HIV positive and may have had unprotected sex with a number of partners on the Lower Mainland. Brian Carlisle is already facing three counts of aggravated sexual assault, and investigators now want to speak with any other potential victims. Jill Bennett reports. RCMP investigators want to talk to anybody who has had unprotected sex with this man, 47-year-old Abbotsford resident Brian Carlisle. Carlisle was in court Thursday. He's been charged with three counts of aggravated sexual assault involving three women since January 1st to July 31st of this year. RCMP allege Carlisle had unprotected sex with the women in Burnaby, Mission and Abbotsford, but did not tell them he is HIV positive. We went to the Abbotsford house Carlisle had listed as his address, but were told by a current tenant he moved out about a month ago. In a statement, police explain normally the RCMP would not disclose the medical status of a person charged with a criminal offense. However, in this case, after careful consideration, the public interest clearly outweighs the invasion of Mr. Carlisle's privacy. Under Canadian law, people living with HIV must disclose that information before engaging in any sexual behavior where there is a realistic possibility the virus could be transmitted. To not do so is a criminal offense. It's actually something the accused, Brian Carlisle spoke about in one of his YouTube posts. My name is Brian Carlisle, and this is my presentation on the criminalization of HIV non-disclosure in Canada. That's just one of several YouTube videos Carlisle, a former criminology student at the University of the Fraser Valley, has posted in recent years. While out on bail, Carlisle has been ordered to stay away from social networking and dating websites. Police say he has lived in the Lower Mainland as well as Ontario, Manitoba, New Brunswick and Vermont. But their public appeal is not limited to those locations. Jill Bennett, Global News. Well, today marks the three-year deadline for provincial charges to be laid in connection with the Mount Polly Tailings Pond collapse. The disaster at the gold and copper mine is one of the worst in B.C. history. Ted Trudecki reports on whether anyone will ever be held responsible. Three years ago today, the landscape and environment in and around likely B.C. changed forever when the tailing pond at the Mount Polly mine broke. Millions of litres of potentially toxic water spilled into a creek and eventually into Quinell Lake. Today, the company, Imperial Metals, escaped any charges under BC's environmental laws. I remember it vividly. I was on my way from Victoria to Vancouver and was diverted to Williams Lake and then up to Likely to see the devastation. And uh, to have three years pass without any consequences is disturbing for me personally and I think disturbing for all British Columbians. The new Premier isn't the only one stunned by the lack of consequences for one of the worst environmental mining disasters in Canadian history. It's actually quite outrageous that we have apparently a fairly broken enforcement system or weak laws, uh, maybe a bit of both, uh, that means that we can't hold a company responsible that's really devastated a community, destroyed a pristine lake. Today, the Premier vowed to look into why the BC Conservation Service failed to find enough evidence to lay charges after three years of investigating. The province also noted that charges could still come under the Federal Fisheries Act. Our Conservation Service is working with uh, federal uh, officials in relation to uh, the Fisheries Act uh, as well, which is a longer uh, limitation period, and uh, that investigation is still ongoing. And late this afternoon, private charges were filed against Imperial Metals by Indigenous advocate Bev Sellers. She was an acting chief when the dam broke there. 
In filing today, she states, we just couldn't let it go and witness B.C. simply giving up on its own responsibility. Sellers filed charges under 15 counts, 10 under the Environment Act and 5 under the B.C. Mines Act. Ted Chernacki, Global News. Premier John Horgan campaigned on a promise to get big money out of politics, but he's facing some major criticism tonight, most notably from his Green Party allies for hosting another big political fundraising event. Our Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry joins us now with some of the details on this. Keith. Yeah, this one involves a golf tournament, Chris, uh, later on this month, uh, August 24th, out at the Bear Mountain Resort, uh, just outside of town here, which has been the host of some PGA events in the past. So it's $500 a head, uh, for, uh, 2000 for a foursome. That is, of course, uh, runs counter to what John Horgan said politicians should not be doing uh, it, during the campaign in the run-up to it. Andrew Weaver, the B.C. Green leader, calling foul here, teed off, is how the headline in the local paper put it today. He is teed off. He says this simply amounts to another form of cash for access. It's not so much about the money as you're paying money to get access to the premier, even though John Horgan says he had this tournament for more than a decade. Here's the two of them. The problem is when they've done it historically, it was not Premier Horgan and Minister Fleming. Now it is Premier Horgan and Minister Fleming, and it can be viewed as nothing more than a pay-for-access event. And that's wrong. We're going to be tabling legislation to end union and corporate donations as soon as the legislature returns in uh, September. Rob Fleming and I have had a golf tournament to raise resources for our political purposes for a decade now, and this will be probably the last one. Probably, he says. So what does this do to the uh, NDP Green Alliance, Keith? Oh, things are still fine. And, you know, I talked to, John, to Andrew Weaver after that encounter with reporters today. He says his relationship with uh, John Horgan has never been better. Uh, there's going to be hiccups along the way, including over something like this. But uh, very much the political bromance in B.C. that's taken shape uh, uh, continues to flourish. All right. Thanks, Keith. Have a good weekend. Right. You too. Endangered orcas caught in the crossfire. And you have a responsibility to protect your crew, sir. Grainy video of members of the Canadian Navy confronting a whale-watching boat not far from where the Navy was conducting live-fire exercises. Why the captain of the whale-watching vessel believes he had every right to be so close in just over a minute. He became the most hated CEO in America, if not the world, for raising the price of a life-saving AIDS drug 5,000%. Turns out that's not his only unscrupulous behavior. That story coming up. And she was born a little miracle. Fiona the hippo wasn't supposed to survive, but she's got millions of followers now. That's coming up a little later as well. Well, protecting an endangered species put a whale watching boat and its customers in the line of fire, leading to a standoff with the Canadian Navy. The whale watchers say they were only trying to warn the Navy of an approaching pod of orcas when it led to a confrontation. Nitu Garcha shows it shows us how it happened. I'm telling you right now, you've got an endangered species. A whale watching boat captain charged with emotion. As he confronts a Canadian Navy sailor while in the middle of a tour and with a boat full of passengers. This came after loud military blasts went off near a pod of endangered southern resident killer whales. They've just come back in and they're looking for food right now. Um, They haven't been in for a while. Um, And these guys are in an acoustic environment, so... If we hear that and feel that in our chest, you can only imagine what the whales would have heard. Mark Williams says he saw and felt it all. The huge explosion went off. Uh, My passengers jumped out their skin. 
I actually felt my chest move. Witnesses say it happened around 10 a.m. on Thursday, south of Victoria, near Bentic Island Military Blasting Area. Despite the presence of the killer whales for some time, they still continued blasting. Uh, it did cease after a while, but there was a, lo- a period of time there where it still continued where it should not have. And that's what led to this heated exchange. We've had a tremendously positive relationship with the Royal Canadian Navy. They've been very responsive. We see this just as a slip. A Navy spokesperson told Global News the demolition charges happen on land and are for training purposes, adding all checks were done before the explosions to ensure no people or marine life were within the 1,000-yard safety radius of the site. Multiple studies uh, have been executed, uh, showing that the safety ranges that we are utilizing today uh, will not harm marine wildlife. Uh, but we will uh, take another look. Welcome news for whale-watching captains who hope this never happens again. These animals don't have a voice, uh, so it's a good thing that uh, you know some of us were able to uh, be a voice for them. Neetu oh. Garcha, Global News, Victoria. Think the opioid crisis is under control? Think again. Shocking new numbers that show all of the resources have had basically no effect. And chances are there's something in your sausage you weren't expecting. Why it could turn your stomach coming up. I'm Amber Belson, Global One at the Tawasin Ferry Terminal. You can see there's even foot passenger traffic delays here. And for cars, Swartz Bay, the 8 p.m. has 93%. You might be able to squeeze on that one. Gulf Islands, 705 has, uh, is sitting at 89%. The 8 o'clock is full. And Duke Point is completely sold out from Tawasin this evening. How's the best warranty in the auto business get better? Get Mitsubishi special no-charge extended warranty with even longer coverage. Limited time offer. Visit MitsubishiMotors.ca for details. Vancouver Regional Parks. All parks remain open with the exception of Sumas Mountain Interregional Park, as well as several parks and trails in Delta, Richmond, and Cultus Lake. Misting stations have also opened up at four Vancouver parks, including Thornton, so that everyone can find relief from the summer heat. Temporary water fountains have also been installed at five intersections in the city. The smoky skies are expected to persist throughout most of the weekend. Well, more sobering numbers released today show the devastating impact of the opioid crisis in B.C. For the second straight year, the number of people dying from overdoses doubled. Julia Foy talks to the experts and the people seeking help to overcome their addictions about what they think needs to be done to finally end this crisis. 52-year-old Wes Crawford used to run a dog boarding business in Port Coquitlam. 35-year-old Keith McIver is a Red Seal-trained carpenter. They've both struggled with addiction and almost lost their lives to an overdose. I died on the sidewalk in Chinatown. I don't remember any of it. I just remember my face going numb. I haven't touched heroin since. I only did it a few times. I'd say it takes the once. That was almost my time right there, right? Wes and Keith are survivors of the ongoing fentanyl overdose crisis. Others aren't so lucky. There have been 780 suspected overdose deaths already this year. That's from January 1 to June 30th. And that's almost double the number for the same period in 2016. In June, 111 people died, a rate of almost four a day. Clearly, we're still losing loved and valued members of our communities at a tragic rate. Wes says his drug addiction came from a hard life, but he sees victims from across the community. These are people like their sons, their daughters, their nieces, their nephews. You know, they have issues, they can't deal with them, right? 
Keith had a good home, education and job. Addiction stole it all. I've lost everything, lost my family, lost all these good relationships I've had over the years. My kids aren't talking to me. It's, it's a mess. Officials are trying to break the addiction cycle. Injectable hydromorphone is being expanded as a treatment option for those who can't meet the first-line treatments. You ask once, you get help fast. And that's the goal of our government. Keith hopes others will learn from his addiction nightmare. It's going to change you, it's going to wreck you, it's going to break you. And it's not worth it. It's just a endless cycle of pain. Julia Foy, Global News. And you hope it works out for him, mm -hmm. for sure, and many others. The former drug company CEO guilty of fraud. Big Rolls. That's my rap name now. No, that's my prison name. The post-trial performance on YouTube that won't win him any friends. And the UK relaxes its rules on blood donations from gay men. Will Canada follow suit? I'm Amber Belton, Global One at the Massey Tunnel, where Highway 99 looks great in both directions. Counterflow came out just uh, just after 6 o'clock, and volume easily uh, tapered off for northbound and southbound's in great shape. Kermac Collision provides superior customer service and satisfaction, and when you choose Kermac, you choose to support BC Children's Hospital. Kermac Cares for Kids, a rewards program that really counts. A reviled American businessman nicknamed Pharma Bro now faces 20 years in prison. Martin Shkreli sparked furor after spiking the price of a life-saving AIDS drug by 5,000%. Not a crime, but defrauding investors is. And today, a New York court found him guilty. A bad day for the one-time bad boy of the pharmaceutical industry. Martin Shkreli gained infamy raising the price of an AIDS drug 5,000% two years ago. Are you going to change the price? No. Becoming the CEO Americans love to hate. I intend to uh, uh, use the advice of my counsel, not yours. But that's not why he was convicted in federal court today. The 34-year-old found guilty on three of eight counts related to securities fraud from when Screlly ran a couple of hedge funds. No, no questions from CNBC, I'm sorry. Screlly was characteristically defiant and unapologetic after the verdict. This was a witch hunt of, of epic proportions, and maybe they found one or two broomsticks, but at the end of the day, uh, we've been uh, acquitted of the most important charges in this case. The prosecution team, who Screlly castigated as junior varsity, took the high road. Justice has been served. Defense attorney Benjamin Braffman acknowledged Shkreli's personal behavior and image made his job and the jury's more difficult. And if you're asking me, did that factor into the decision whether or not to bring this lawsuit? I think it did. The four-week trial was unusual. Shkreli never put on a defense, in part because none of the victims lost money. They actually made money, even though Shkreli lied about the fund's performance and assets. My investors made three to five times their money without any aid of any settlement agreements. Brofman thinks that will help its sentencing. However, Shkreli's YouTube performance after the verdict may not. Big Rolls. Big Rolls. That's my rap name now. No, that's my prison name. Big Rolls. He faces up to 20 years and is expected to appeal. Ann Thompson, NBC News, New York. In Health Matters tonight, a possible E. coli contamination forcing a province-wide broccoli recall. 
Costco is pulling Gold Coast brand broccoli florets or broquettes over fears they may be contaminated by the bacteria. The recalled product is in a 907-907 gram bag with an expiration date of August 12th. Consumers are warned the broccoli may not look or smell bad, but could still make you sick. People who have the affected broquettes should return them or throw them out. So far, no one has become ill. And a new study is pulling the packaging off some serious mystery meat, so to speak. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency has found that some sausages contain meat that's not listed on the label. Researchers examined 100 sausages from grocery stores across Canada. They found one in five contain off-label ingredients, including horse meat. The findings are especially concerning for kosher and halal consumers. The Food Inspection Agency says it's not surprised by the results and is considering more research. Canadian Blood Services is now reviewing its guidelines after the UK relaxed the rules around gay men and blood donations. A once outright ban on gay blood donors has since been replaced with restrictions. But as Heather Urex West reports, some researchers say those may not be necessary. The lady from the grocery store, the man that cuts your hair, trying to help save your child's life. When Mike Morrison watches an ad like this one, he says he feels sad. When when you see those commercials, you know, your neighbors desperately need your help. Well, it hurts that you can't help them. As a gay man, Morrison has never been able to give blood. Until recently, all gay men in Canada faced a lifetime ban from becoming donors. That ban was lifted last year, but to donate now... Morrison and his longtime partner would have to refrain from having sex for a year. To me, one year is the same as two years, is the same as five years. Officials in the UK have relaxed their rules involving blood donations from gay men, dropping the period individuals are required to abstain from sex from a year to three months. But some researchers believe that time period is still too long. The real risk question is about um, this period between when someone might have acquired an infection and when our tests can pick that up. For a disease like HIV, that period of time isn't a year or even three months. It's about nine days. That's why Canadian Blood Services says it's currently working towards making a change. We are working with the LGBTQ community, patient groups and other stakeholders to determine how to gather the scientific evidence required to determine whether it is possible to reliably identify low-risk, sexually active men who have sex with men. CBS says a two-day meeting was held last January to identify what evidence it would need in order to change its policy. It's now working on funding that research to get it off the ground. For Morrison, any progress is encouraging, but he says he won't be satisfied until the day he'll be able to give that gift of life as well. It is a step forward, but it's not close enough for me. It's um, until the ban's completely lifted. Heather Yurks West, Global News. The superstar of the Cincinnati Zoo. At 400 pounds, Fiona the hippo has come a long way since she was born. And that's part of the reason she's so popular later later tonight. An amazing video of two spectacular crashes caught on camera. And remarkably, everyone survived. A spectacular crash caught on surveillance camera in Michigan. An out-of-control truck slams into a bus stop where six people were waiting for the bus. Four were pinned right underneath the vehicle. They all survived. At one point in the video, the driver is seen walking away from the scene into a nearby restaurant. He appeared in court today, charged with driving while intoxicated. 
And it's incredible, but this guy managed to walk away from a crash in Edmonton. That security footage showing an SUV losing control and veering into a parking lot. It struck at least four other vehicles, but somehow the pedestrian suffered only a broken arm. Police believe the driver suffered a medical episode. Coming up right after the forecast, screaming fans line up for a glimpse of their hero. We'll show you the 400-pound object of their affection coming up in just a moment. It's a pretty cute one. Sure is. All right, let's check our long weekend weather forecast. Wes Wong back for another day tonight. Thank day, you, so whatever. <laughs> thank you, Chris. Yes, the August long weekend is upon us. And uh, before we get on to the weather forecast details, just want to mention that there has been an amendment to the Smoky Skies Bulletin. Now, because of the wildfires in the B.C. Central Interior and because of the outflow winds that carry that smoke from the B.C. Central Interior to the coastal sections, the Smoky Skies Bulletin now includes all of BC's southern half. So something to uh, keep in mind, you might just want to avoid strenuous outdoor activities as we head into the long weekend. Now, there may be some improvement for the south coast in terms of the visibility. I'll explain why coming up in just a second. But this is what it looks like in Kelowna, where it's a little hazy here as well. The sun playing hide and seek behind the haze. Thank you to Thomas Kuntz for sending this in. And speaking of hide and seek... That's our participation activity for today. So the great thing about hide-and-seek is you can also play it inside to get away from the haze. Vancouver Almanac got up to 21 degrees for a high today. Seasonal average is 22, so we're pretty close. 29 is the record in Vancouver, and plus 8 is the record low in Vancouver. Here's a look at today's highs right across the B.C. province, where it was very warm once again for many parts of the B.C. interior. Again, we got up uh, into the low to mid-30s for a high in the southern interior, the central interior, upper 20s for a high. But we did see a clear conditions for the northern half of the province today. Smithers, Terrace, those areas in the sun. But as mentioned, because of the smoke due to the wildfires in the B.C. interior, we are seeing lots of smoke for many parts of the southern half of the province. Here's a look at the upper-level airflow. So for us to get rid of all of the smoke, we do need a significant weather pattern change. That's not going to happen over the next few days. We have this big upper ridge that is stalling over British Columbia, and as a result, we are going to see more dry and warm conditions right through the August long weekend. It's because of this big blocking pattern that is uh, actually developing over the western parts of Canada. Here's a look at the BC piece. Just a slight chance of showers here. So the exception to uh, all of uh, the dryness is actually the northeastern corner of the province as well as the BC piece where there will be a slight chance of a shower Sunday and Monday thanks to an upper disturbance. Other than that, uh, Yukon, you too will see a pretty fine weekend, a slight chance of a shower on Saturday for you as well. But the rest of the province of British Columbia, north coast staying dry, inland sections will be warm. Central interior, you too will stay dry and warm over the next few days. The Caribou region seeing a little bit more smoke there. Columbia Kootenai, hazy over the next few days, but 33 degrees for a high tomorrow. Here's a look at the Thompson Okanagan, and here in the Okanagan Valley, we too will continue to see the warm and dry conditions right through the August long weekend. A little bit warmer in Pemberton, you can add a couple of degrees on top of those numbers there if you are in that area, but Whistler Village, low 30s for a high. South and East Vancouver Island, 24 degrees if you are in areas inland, a little bit cooler if you are by the water. And the next five days for Metro Vancouver, it will stay sunny. It will stay dry right through the August long weekend, but we will continue to deal with that filtered sunshine, at least for the first half of the weekend. The good news is we could likely see more of an, uh, an onshore flow. And as a result, that will actually help clear away some of the smoke, hopefully, 
by the end of the August long weekend for those of you on the South Coast. Sophie and Steve, or rather, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, that's, that's the morning throwback. news days. <laughs> that is a throwback. All right, Wesley. Th- Wait, do thanks we, uh, very much. What do we have? Weather window. Oh, yes. Weather window? Yeah, already passed it. All right, we've passed our on. time. We'll do it next week. To, to this guy. <laughs> Doctors feared she wouldn't survive when she was born six weeks early. But today, six months later, the baby girl born at the Cincinnati Zoo weighs in at a healthy 400 pounds. And fans of Fiona the hippo can't get enough of her. The giddy oohs and ahs aren't for Beyonce or Bieber, but for a demure little 400-pound hippopotamus by the name of Fiona. She's a little miracle baby. I would say so. She's the only known hippo to survive after being born six weeks premature. She weighed a mere 29 pounds as the staff at the Cincinnati Zoo worked round the clock, coaxing the newborn back from the brink. She has nine bottles total. She's getting about four gallons a day. Every step documented as she slowly grew from playing in her own wading pool to nap time. This little girl is so popular she's been viewed more than 100 million times on the zoo's Facebook page. The Fiona fan club waits with noses pressed against the glass. Why a little hippo? She's adorable. She stole our hearts. She's really nice and she's really small like me. Local businesses have raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for Fiona's upkeep by selling everything from cookies to Fiona beer and, of course, T-shirts. If there's somebody that needs help, we all try to rally around for it, even when it's a hippo. Fiona! Back poolside, Fiona paddles about with mom and dad who don't seem to mind the attention too much. A book is now in the works celebrating this little hippo's unique story of survival. Everybody was rooting for Fiona and they just wanted to be part of her story and show their love and support for her in the zoo. Yes, Mr. DeMille, baby Fiona is ready for her close-up. Hi, Fee. Not many animals are cuter underwater than (laughs) Fiona. Yeah, but they are savages in, in oh, the wild, aren't don't they? Get near them. Stay away from it. Stay Not, away. Bad uh, distance. Yeah. They look like they always have a smile on their face, but don't be fooled. <laughs> They'll get you. All right. So last week, the white cap showed no fear on the road. Doesn't make sense to have these guys on the field and not attacking. Yes, that's the way. Make the other team play defense. I like that. Also coming up, satellite debris. All right. Whitecaps Nation loves to see uh, goals, good soccer, attacking style of play. Uh, I know. Are they going to get it? No one likes – well, they got it last week in Dallas where the Whitecaps had never won before. I don't think they even had a tie before or a draw if you want to be Mm -hmm. with the soccer vernacular. Uh, The Whitecaps are constantly changing, it seems. They're kind of like Nicki Minaj's hair. You'll never know what you'll get from day to day. Last week they were so good in Dallas, Neymar might have considered signing with them. But consistency has not been Vancouver's strong suit so far this year. They are on the road again tomorrow in Colorado. Been too many times tonight when the Caps have been under pressure either. Mesquita, what a strike from Nicholas Mesquita! That is absolutely spectacular! 
The Whitecaps may have played their best road game ever last week in Dallas, thumping the first-place team in the West 4-0 and doing it in style with some spectacular goals. The Whitecaps have been road warriors this season. Their four wins are second most in Major League Soccer, and even more impressive, that last win was done with two starters, Alfonso Davies and Jordan Harvey, back in Vancouver, resting and nursing minor injuries. Great showing from a lot of different players from numerous positions. And then you come into training this week, and it was one of our better weeks. It's, it's not a coincidence, right? So um, that complacency is never going to set in with a deep group like we have. The guy who is on the bench is good enough to be on the field, and I think that's uh, when you have a team like that, um, it helps push people and create competition, which in the end makes the team better. The MLS season is a marathon. It stretches from March to December and involves an enormous amount of travel. And since six teams in each conference make the playoffs, the key is to keep the squad as healthy as possible as crunch time approaches. And the Caps feel they've done that, using their depth in all positions to keep the team from wearing down. You have a coaching staff that really understands that. And, you know, you, you cycle guys, you know, form goes up and down. And, you know, you can plug guys in and get guys rest throughout the season. And, and what you hope is to have a really large group of confident players going down the stretch. But like many teams, trying to be consistent during a long season is a challenge. Vancouver's played the top teams very well this season, but have underperformed against teams below them in the standings, like last place Colorado, who they visit Saturday in Denver. For us, it's, it's playing those teams that um, you know, maybe aren't as far up in the standings and really coming to those games, uh, you know, working hard and doing all the little things right. Every game needs to be approached uh, like this last game. Very delayed global sports. And then just... So why did the BC Lions lose by 11 points to Edmonton last week? Well, one of the big reasons was they weren't getting a lot of yardage on first downs, too many second and longs. Tomorrow, at home against Saskatchewan, the Lions will attempt to fix that problem with a little ground and pound. Get, get our running game a little bit back on track and get our yards per carry up a little bit. Hopefully, obviously, that's been one of our biggest strengths over the last year and a half for this football team is being able to run the football because that sets up a lot of play action and other things that we can do. So, um, And they know that about us. They're going to be trying to take away the run. So we just have to know that we're going to have to be very variable on first down uh, and give us, again, give us good uh, manageable second down situations to stay on the field. That is a Canuck draft pick. Michael DiPietro, goalie for Canada. At least he started the game today against Sweden in the uh, summer showcase. Timothy Lilligren, one of the uh, least draft picks, scores there. Elias Pedersen was in this game for Sweden. It was okay. Didn't really dazzle, but had his moments. But uh, nothing to show you on highlights. That's a goal by, and a nice goal by... Jordan Cairo, who's a Blues draft pick, he'd get another here, and Canada would win this game 7-4. Another Canuck draft pick, Cole yeah, Wind, in this game, didn't play a whole around. lot. Adam Hadwin, he is sixth at the World Golf Championship Bridgestone. Three under par, Jason Day. Also at three under, that's pretty nice. Jimmy Walker. Good time to get the 12, it is flag. This is a par three. Flag's on five. He is the leader. At seven under par after 36 holes. Rory McElroy tied for third right now. Three off the lead. One of the reasons that Jordan Spieth shot of the day. He's at three under, four off the lead. Check this out. 
Don't fall. Don't trip. Uh, needs to get down. And no, hit the brakes down. right there. Third round on this station tomorrow at 12.30. There you go. All righty. Thank you very much, Squire. You're welcome. Let's check in with Ann Drua now for a look ahead to Global News at 11. Ann? Thanks, Sophie. And we continue to track the breaking news out of Abbotsford. An 18-year-old is dead following a brazen shooting. He was shot as he was driving a car. A police spokesperson is just about to answer questions from reporters about this case. It happened just after 3 p.m. near a very busy strip mall, the 32,000 block of George Ferguson Way. Police are still on scene and looking for suspects. And we continue to follow the breaking news near Peachland. Crews are racing to put out a wildfire there, the size of this fire still unknown. No homes have been evacuated, but people say they're packed and ready to leave at a moment's notice. We'll have those stories and more when you join us tonight at 11 o'clock. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. All right. Thanks, Ann. That's the kind of summer it's been. Okay, we saw a hippo earlier in the cast. We got another one coming up in satellite debris with Squire in a moment. It's how we wrap up a week. Long, hazy week. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is hazy. Purple haze. Uh, Well, it's not purple haze. But that's a song. And the reason I'm telling you that is because this whole satellite debris has kind of a musical theme. Nice. I think even the first commercial is a song. you think I'd know that because I was the one who put it on. But my memory's not very good. So here we go. Two to start. Cravendale and Mercedes-Benz. Daddy Biscuit Boy sets out From to the lake to splash about I'll take a purest Cravendale Just creamy, fresh and cool and pale The mother warned Don't swim too long He dips and dunks What could go wrong? So listen well to this milky tale You could lose your head over Cravendale Cravendale Okay. That was good. Okay. okay. Here's the one with the hippo. Another song you'll recognize. Uh, okay. Blink Box Music is what we're promoting here.
hippo. All right. <laughs> so the last one is oh, also a musical theme. This is uh, about a man who sadly loses his truck. It's a love story. Here we go. Forgot the handbrake. So dancing roosters. I just there's something about when it went round and round. <laughs> <laughs> just lost 